0: what's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? I'm back with a special episode today. Nick and I are diving into Folklore, Taylor Swift's eighth studio album. And if you listened to my last episode, I promise a better analysis than we did of Hamilton. I literally couldn't remember the name of My Shot, which is probably the most iconic Hamilton song Uh, In the entire musical, but nevertheless, we are here to talk about Taylor Swift. We talk about folklore as a whole, and then we talk about it in the context of Taylor Swift's other music. I would suggest sticking around for the cheese content, which, (laughs) which crops up around the hour, I don't know, 14 mark. Uh, that was definitely a highlight for me anyways let's get to the show okay everyone I've got another exciting guest uh, here to talk all about Taylor Swift's new album I'm here with Nick Nick how are you doing
1: I am fantastic (laughs) I have been like bugging uh, you to get on this podcast I think for like the last like (laughs) five months or so and we couldn't have found a more perfect opportunity for me to get on it (laughs)
0: Literally, literally. <laughs> um, Nick, do you want to tell the listeners of Ready to Be Petty how we know each other?
1: Um, so like um, other people, Tori, have had on this podcast. I met Tori through Survivor Orgs. Um, so <laughs> really, this whole podcast is like an advertisement to apply to Survivor Orgs. Um, but yeah, so I met Tori, I think, in December. Um, she actually got snarky with me in like one of the... <laughs> like cast group and then she felt bad about it and like private messaged me that she was being snarky um to which obviously wasn't an issue
0: and then I I
1: jumped on the opportunity to guilt her into playing an org that I helped host and we have been good friends ever since
0: yeah and like let's put the emphasis on the guilt trap <laughs> like i was i was coerced to play this to play this game coming off of my first org we've probably lost a lot of listeners but i think i've mentioned yes like they they've exited out of this podcast but um no but like if you like big brother or amazing race or survivor like and the circle the challenge any games like that like apply to ones online especially if you're still living in quarantine it's like a really great way to pass the
1: time and the best part is that after quarantine ends you've met people from like all over and if they're cool and like not serial killery, which are most people you can travel and stay at their house for free
0: <laughs> yeah that's my that's my plan because uh nick's calling in from maine um which i'm very <laughs> interested in visiting <laughs> Um, Do you want to tell the listeners what you do, like, for work outside of hosting orgs?
1: Yeah. So you mean, like, where I make my money? Um, Yes. Which is ironic because I am a teacher, so I don't make that much money. Um, (laughs) But I graduated in May of last year, so 2019, like, forever ago. Um, And, yeah, so I just finished my first year of teaching. I will be teaching again in the fall. I teach ninth grade social studies, which timely and a great joy um and I'm like by far the youngest teacher at my school by like 10 plus years so that's big fun um so the kids like me and hate everybody else and everybody else is jealous
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's like honestly the dream like I feel like being beloved by teenagers is the highest form of praise (laughs) (laughs)
1: literally that's why there's stands.
0: (laughs) yes yes yeah that's why there's like um like BTS like yes. uh like armies that like fuck over Donald Trump like low key. <laughs> like,
1: oh, that that you need those people on Reddit be Petty because that was the tettiest, and I bowed down in their honor.
0: <laughs> Me too. Just in case no one knows what we're talking about. Um the K pop stands of uh the group BTS. Um, bought like 90% of Donald Trump's uh, like a rally that he was hosting a few months ago. They bought all of the tickets um, and then obviously didn't show up. And so like the stands were just empty. And yeah, that's the really, 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 really petty. And I, I love it. I live for it.
1: Teenagers are savage and they're real. And if you step out of line, they will check you like nobody else's business. So that's when, you know, like when they praise you, like that's why people have kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You think that's why people have kids because they like love you unconditionally. And like,
1: (laughs) I mean, either that or they just didn't want to wrap it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One or the other, one or the other. But yeah, you're right. I guess like. Yeah, you'll always, like, have... Well, not always, but usually have a fan in your child.
1: (laughs) At least before they start talking.
0: (laughs) Yes, 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 absolutely. So we're here to talk about uh, the newly released Folklore album. I think this is the first time I've said Folklore, like, out loud. I hate the
1: pronunciation (laughs) of that word.
0: It's so bad. It's so bad. But... Basically, I was absolutely floored. Like Taylor Swift, if you're out of the loop, don't listen to this podcast. Run to Spotify and um, listen, like stream the album, and then and come then back. come back. <laughs> yeah, make sure you you come back though. Like, but um, basically, Taylor Swift last week uh, gave us like 24 hours notice that she was dropping a new. A new album and it like blew everyone's minds
1: yeah i woke up i think it was last thursday morning she announced it and i woke up and it was the first thing that i saw on twitter and i ran to my 16 year old cousin's like text message thread and was like hey tell me everything that you know about this and she sent me back like a paragraph and i was like oh we're ready to go we are ready to go
0: (laughs) i was like embarrassed because i got sent to my like irl friends group chat and I was like, aren't I supposed to be the one that's like on top of like these stories and stuff? <laughs> Whoops.
1: I think my favorite part about this album being released is I have probably spent like a whole ass work week, like 40 hours of my life dedicated to talking about Taylor Swift and like her older albums, ranking songs. Like we've done this together. So when she released yes. this out of nowhere, I was like, oh, this is, this is like what they say when like the skies have opened. Like this, this was, written in the stars.
0: Completely. <laughs> I, I I felt like we just got Lover. Like I felt like that was literally two seconds ago. So I was so excited.
1: Well, so selfishly, I was ecstatic when she dropped it because if like COVID weren't a thing, which <laughs> um, I would be going to Loverfest because like I'm Boston based. So she was having Loverfest East in Gillette. That was like the big festival concert she was going to have. And I was going to it. And obviously, like, it got canceled. So this was, like, a perfect supplement to me not going to the concert this weekend and getting a whole new list of songs that hopefully, like, whenever concerts are allowed to happen again, I'll get, like, all the good songs from Lover and all the good songs from Folklore. And we can cut some of, like, the other ones that I didn't need to hear in the first place.
0: Yeah, completely. I did not know that. So you're, like, a true, true, like, Swifty. Do you call yourself that? No,
1: because I think I'm, I'm not, like, a fake fan. But I don't think I've started like seriously following Taylor Swift until um, Reputation was probably the first big one that like I was ready for that release. I was ready for new Taylor Swift stuff. Um, Not to say that I haven't followed all of her, like the rest of her journey. Uh, I remember where I was like the first time I heard like Teardrops on My Guitar, uh, Tim McGraw, like from that first album, Slaps. I don't know. I think if we're going to talk about like Taylor Swift, I'm going to talk about men as like I am a man. Yes, I think being somebody who follows Taylor Swift as a, like, guy carries, like, negative reaction because for whatever reason, like, Taylor Swift is not seen as, like, a masculine, like, thing to follow, whereas, like, other female acts are, like, more base, like, like, you don't think about it. So I had a, like, one of my best friends since, like, first grade went to the, like, Reputation concert, um back in like 2017 or 2018 and we were supposed to be like hanging out with one of my other friends that weekend he skipped like going to his like lake house to go to the concert and they gave him crap like the whole weekend and there i was like i wish i could be at the reputation tour (laughs) um but yeah so i guess like growing up reputation was the first one she released while i was in college so i think that was probably the first time where i was like i'm gonna bump this shit and not care
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's so, like, freeing. But I I completely agree that there's something about her fan base that does seem, like, geared towards, like, kind of, like, the stereotypical girl, if we think about it. Like, just that most of them are, like, love songs or about relationships. And I think, especially her earlier work was... um, like pining over people and I just feel like when you think of someone pining over someone you think of like a girl but like obviously that's not true like men experience the same <laughs> emotions and the same feelings but maybe they just don't express it in that same way
1: yeah and that's what I don't I guess I don't know how to phrase it but we're talking about folklore which folklore which we will <laughs>
0: it's so bad
1: it is very not like gender specific. There's a lot of times where she doesn't use certain pronouns that it worked with both sides. I think if you look to Taylor Swift's earlier stuff um, from Taylor Swift, the OG album, to like Speak Now, it is very much like writing love songs, like her like fawning over guys um, or her like sending breakup songs to guys. And that's why people have this connotation of like Taylor Swift being... A women's artist.
0: I think that's such a good point.
1: I was gonna say that switches, I think, when you look at like 1989. um, And we'll talk about albums as a whole later on, but the album of Red is when she makes that change. I think a lot of people can identify that's the change, but that album of Red is something that has grown in its legacy since its release. That if you look back on that album, now, that's the first time where I think you get like adult Taylor Swift. And adult Taylor Swift really is like music for everybody. She touches on themes, she writes lyrics that every single person can relate to, even if you haven't experienced those things. Um, so I think that's why like since Lover last year, I've been so like, yes, I'm gonna go through like Taylor Swift's like entire discography because it's stuff that you can, even if you don't relate to, she's so good lyrically that you just like enjoy reading
0: you're pointing out some things that I like haven't even thought about but you're totally right like when you think of her OG albums or like like the first two you think of Dear John or like when she's singing to Drew and like those like really specific um, things but one of the best parts about her later records is yeah that they're more like general like you can envision yourself um, as like the person that is singing the songs. And like, that's especially for this one because um, as people probably know, folklore is, folklore like it is stories woven together. There's not like one clear like narrator. They're from different perspectives. Um, so I don't know, it, it is way more accessible for a lot more
1: people. And for me, it's if you can envision the person singing as a character that is not Taylor Swift. And you can envision people in your own life that might relate to these songs. that's why I connect to it. So like, if we start off the bat, like talking about like the one with which it kicks off the album, like that is such a feeling that you can understand and weighs heavy on you, even if like you're like me and I've never been in a relationship. So it's just funny how the lyrics as Taylor Swift has grown into an adult have shifted from the theme she touched on when she was like a high schooler, which makes sense because when you're in high school, you should be talking about those things. But I think the rep <laughs> reputation mm-hmm. uh, she gets from that earlier work seeds or precedes her in the mind of like adults that would enjoy their music if they didn't know it was like, oh, Taylor Swift released a new album.
0: Totally. And I think this album is that like that people would listen to it, not know it's Taylor S- Swift specifically and like really enjoy it. Like, I think that if you heard songs on the radio, like, I think that this type of genre or like this new kind of sound that this album has, like, anyone can enjoy it.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I'm just so excited to do like the dive into this. I know, it I know.
0: It, it's it's pretty sensational. Do you think that it's getting so like like we said at the top of the show, it was a surprise album. There was no prior press otherwise she just went on instagram and posted a bunch of things do you think that it's getting specific um eyes on it because of like covid and quarantine or the surprise element or do you think that like any album that she releases would be like this
1: so i think that any album taylor swift releases carries the name taylor swift it's like I hate to compare, it, but it's like if Kanye releases an album, you know that name. If Drake releases an album, you know that name. If Postmore releases an album, you know that name. It gets play by default. Um, what I love about her releasing this album is how like mood and uh, culture fitting it is to like this place and time. So I, I am a, like a social studies teacher, history teacher. I think so much of like the placement of things even in pop culture and how we might reflect back on them in 10 years time. That's just how my brain is wired to work. And if we look back at reputation, there's a huge rollout for that album because she had went like MIA for a year. And then she wiped all her social media, That everything was like just blank. So you knew something was coming. And when you look at lover lover has to be the complete like anti this antithesis um that reputation was so where everything about reputation being dark lover has to be bright and light and that's why she kicks it off with me um and it's like a juxtaposition between the two albums that need those huge rollouts given the culture that we're in now knowing the story of her writing folklore over quarantine i think it's so important that the way that she released it was like hey i made this for myself my healing process just what i did creatively with my time take it. If you don't like it, I don't care. I made it for me.
0: I love that. And I just cannot believe like the quality of this album for someone that put it together during quarantine. Like I was thinking about the things that I did in quarantine and it was like, I made like Rice Krispies Graves. <coughs> I like made some puzzles. I talked to you all online <laughs> every day for many hours. And then like, I don't know,
1: Yeah, it's- slept
0: a lot. Like...
1: <laughs> everybody else was like learning how to make bread and cleaning their house and Taylor Swift said I am going to put out like a flawless ish 16 track album that is going to blow people away and probably be nominated for like album of the year in yeah a three month period of time
0: with like all of the like perfect aesthetic and like all of the like companion like pieces like she has like the little stories that you can read she has the specific um albums that you can purchase like the ones that like match I don't know different songs or aesthetics or something like that like it's just so perfect she's sending cardigans to everybody do you want one of those cardigans (laughs)
1: Well, so I actually saw today that PETA tweeted that they were wool-free cardigans, and PETA was, like, standing Taylor Swift (laughs) for, like, not hurting the sheep, which, like, big support of... Now, it is humid as hell in Maine. I don't need a cardigan right now, but, you know, as we roll into fall, perhaps, if Taylor Swift wants to send me anything for free, like, i I take anything for free. I have, like the greediest mindset
0: (laughs) (laughs) like taylor i know that you were waiting for the ready to be petty album review and you're listening yes exactly send us send us the cardigan Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna be like true to myself and petty i will say two things about the cardigan it's ugly (laughs) it's so so fucking ugly (laughs) it's so fucking ugly i like the like it does look like a nice like wool blend but, like, the beige with the navy stripe, I feel like is just, like, 2014. And then the fucking, like, silver stars on the, like, arm.
1: I am praising you right now because I, my fashion sense is, like, literally nothing. Like, if you guys could watch my camera right now, I'm in, like, a gray <laughs> yes. man hockey t-shirt and, like, light blue pants. Like, this is, all, for all intended purposes, like, a girl fit. Um, oh, my and God, like, I love that. So, Yes, me too. I am going to be the last person to judge anything with validity, um, including this album. But the cardigan stars is very much like I'm being OTT right now because I talk about you write stars around my scars or something in the song. So we're going to put stars on that shit. Um, It's very much a collector's edition. And if we're going to just roll down the petty train a little bit more here, please. Frick, wears cardigans at this point in time. Do people still wear them? Like, it was clearly left under somebody's bed for a reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's so amazing. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like everybody has maybe one cardigan in their closet for the time that you're wearing something and you're like, "Okay, I just need like an additional sweater or like some like a layer of warmth or something." It's like I
1: need to look like I dressed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Like I'll just throw this over a tank top to look like I like was put together. But, like, it is very, like, early 2010s, like, Tumblr, like, really ugly.
1: It is very Tumblr aesthetic. Now, if she had released, like, a scarf that she talked about, like, all too well, you know, that is much more multidimensional, much more purposeful. The cardigan, we'll leave it at that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we will. I will ask, Kay, like, in my head, when I think about Maine where you live I think of like I maybe I have like the wrong state (laughs) but like I think of like people wearing cardigans and like fall like falling leaves and I don't know like green spaces
1: yes yeah so sure that's not incorrect um but so I don't even consider myself like somebody from Maine so like I was born like basically in Boston just outside Boston then I went to school in Maine. I've spent summers in Maine, like my entire life. And now I work in New Hampshire. So I'm just like New England is what I consider myself. And New England weather is the biggest mess because like the summers are humid as hell. And then the winters are like frozen wasteland. So we get fall for maybe like two and a half weeks, the last like two weeks of September, like the first week of October. Then all the leaves are dead. Everything is dead. Everything is like brown. And it's just like a miserable existence. But fall is beautiful for like the two and a half weeks that we get it.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Cause like I just kind of, I don't know. That's just like what I have in my head. That and like lobsters. <laughs> like we can't get off like too much of a tangent. But like also, I was just thinking, doesn't Taylor Swift have a house in Maine? Or... Yes.
1: And so yeah. she does or she did. Yeah. Um, her song Mine, like from, oh my God, I don't know what album it was from. Speak Now, maybe? Yeah, um,
0: Speak Now. She
1: recorded that in a, a town called Kenny Bunkport, which is in Maine. That's like an hour from me. So I remember when she was here in like 2010, 2011, filming that music video, it was like a huge deal. Um, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> I just think of like that big White House on the beach with the Tom Hiddleston I love TS tank top situation. <laughs> Do you remember that?
1: No, I don't.
0: Okay. She like threw. you know, those like couple years that she threw like famous fourth of July parties.
1: Yes. Yes. Which she alludes to on this album.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And on, she also alludes to it on, uh, this is why we can't have nice things mm-hmm. like that situation. But, um, basically when she like had that brief fling with Tom Hiddleston, who like, I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that. He's like irrelevant now. But they like had like rumors that like he didn't like her, like, or they were breaking up or something. So on 4th of July, he wore like a tank top, like a white tank top, and it said, I love T S.
1: Well, how high school romantic. Um, yes, this this is vaguely familiar. Like I said, I am a new, a new Swifter. Um, not yeah. a Swifty yet, but <laughs> Yes. yeah it was
0: just i don't know it's something like i'll always like hold against her because it was <laughs> so bad and then they were like swimming and stuff like that and like go- going down a water slide and it was just like w- like really wet on his skin i just have bad memories is tom
1: Piddleston, uh draco malfoy no oh <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, but
0: that visual I is fucking amazing that's
1: why i'm like Why was she, like, why were they a thing? Like, that just, like, it doesn't mix. But I guess she got with, like, a British guy anyway. So, one and the same.
0: Yeah, he's in, I want to say, Spider-Man. Is that correct? I'm looking him up right now. He's, like, he's also from England. He's old. He's 39.
1: He's old and...
0: Okay, he was in like some Marvel movies, like I said before. Like, like honestly,
1: subject conversation,
0: right? Like, he (laughs) seems pretty irrelevant to me. But I just remember um, they met at like the Met Gala and then had like a God rich people things. Yeah, they like danced at the Met Gala. Anyways, (laughs) um, let's dive into the actual album. I don't even know where to begin. I just – I'm blown away.
1: I have a question for just – if we're going to dive into the start of the album. Yes. She puts the one as the first song on the album. And whenever I listen to albums, I listen to them like straight through like repeatedly until I get like a sense of like the mood and like what they're trying to capture. Same. What are your feelings as the one as the lead kickoff song?
0: It was everything to me. And I really hope you don't have a conflicting opinion because the one – like. I, I, we're going to do superlatives later, our our worst, the worst song in the album, the best song in the album, what we think is going to be like the hit classic, but I was about to pick the one. For me, it's so good. And like, I thought that it set the tone, like it's, it's light enough to like, I don't know, it seems like a good opener. And I thought Hoax was a good like closing song too. Did you feel the same?
1: Yeah, so I don't know if you know this, but she wrote "The One" and "Hoax." Those are the final two songs she wrote for the album because she was looking for one to kick off the album and what like bookends, one to close it yes, off. Yes, yes. And I think the I, I love "The One." Like I think that is such a universal feeling that everybody can relate to, from like elementary school students to like grandparent, elderly. Yes. Like I I think that that feeling of like having somebody who you think could be the one if it weren't for a few things and losing them and then like reflecting back on that not in a negative way or not necessarily in like a positive way but just as a an awareness of a time where you thought you could have had it um i think it's really strong i love the first lyric where she she starts off the first that the first line of the album with a swear and she goes um i'm on that new shit and it's like yes and you feel that because you immediately recognize the tone and the vibe for this album is not going to be what 1989 uh reputation or lover was it's totally different um and i think it it fits the mood of the album cover it fits the mood of everything you heard about the album upon release um and it just works so well and it is such a timeless song
0: yes yeah i completely agree I feel like the one, you know, when, I don't know if you do this, but if you're really sad and you just go on a drive, I feel like it is the perfect song to just like, as soon as you get on your, into your car and you turn on the ignition, putting on that song and just like fucking cruising, just having a little tear by yourself. Like Yeah.
1: So see gas here in America is very expensive. Like so can't <laughs> just do that, but I mow a lot. I listen to music so like I'm like lawn mowing very slowly like listening to like the one and like looking at the trees and just like imagining like people that I know who like have been in relationships and got out of relationships that were so strong um and it is very like melancholy
0: yeah it's the one where if it was a movie soundtrack the main character is like in an airplane or in a car it's raining and they're like staring out the window with their like Hand pressed against the pain.
1: Yeah, it's it's very Parent Trap when, like, Elizabeth James and uh, Annie Nick are, like, waving oh. off Nick and Hallie. They're yes. like, boy, And it's, like, raining and it's so dramatic.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. And the car, like, goes through, like, a puddle and <laughs> shit. It's just so perfect.
1: But what I love about the song is, like, the chorus where she just talks about, like how if like one thing had been different or maybe that's a bridge, but like if one thing has been different, could things be different? And I think that's a thought that all people have in any relationship that they have, whether it be like a friend that they've lost or a relationship that they've been in or a survivor or you get voted out of (laughs) (laughs) where you're like, if this one thing was different, could everything not be what it is right now. And I think that's a feeling people have when they get out of relationships, rather than the ones who, like, got broke up with or did the breaking up with.
0: I always thought when people broke up, it was over, like, a fight or something happened. Someone cheated on someone or, like, there was this big disaster. But, like, then I grew up and I realized that people can split up when they still love each other and maybe it's just bad timing or, I don't know, something happens and it's just, like, this song is, like, chef's kiss perfection
1: yeah and for taylor swift and what her whole discography has felt like or when she's been building to this album a lot of the breakup songs have been like you cheated on me you did me wrong or there's a few where she's like look like it was my fault like i'm asking for apology i'm asking for you to forgive me this one it doesn't feel like it places blame on either side it's just the whole entire thing just looking at recognizing things that happened along the way
0: do you think that she wrote it for someone else or do you think that it was like about her and like kelvin or something like that
1: well so with this album being called folklore i just imagine it being her trying to tell other people's stories her Mm -hmm. trying to capture something that everybody across any time period could grasp. And I think that this is something that anybody across these time periods can can grasp. Because really what she made with this album was something that was so timeless, even though it is rooted in the time period of COVID. And you have to understand that background, understand kind of the aesthetics that flow throughout the album, a lot of the themes that she touches on. But I think the intent with this song is to introduce the album of like, look, I don't care that I'm Taylor Swift or that you know that I'm Taylor Swift. This is a song that every single person can relate to if they wanted to try to relate to it um, or recognize the authenticity of. And I think that she knocks out of the park with this one um, off the top. Um, I think the only other song that she has that starts an album yeah. That does anywhere near as good as introducing the flavor. <laughs> flavor. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the flavor. Rude, the flavor. Yeah. The taste um, yeah. of the album is ready for it from reputation. I think.
0: Yes. Those
1: are the only two, in terms of closeness of album kicks off, that you're like, oh, I know what I'm getting into right now.
0: Yeah. Cause you just like know, you're just like so hyped for it. The second single is Cardigan, which is actually like, it's the second song, but it's the one that's like released to like, I don't know, radio stations or whatever. Like it's the, I don't know the correct terminology, but it's the one that it's, yeah, the single, the single. And like, it's so weird how I feel like she never picks good singles.
1: So what was your thoughts on this? Do you think this is not a good single?
0: I don't think it's a good single. Like I guess like in terms of just maybe cause it's not one of my favorite songs and it's not just because I hate the fucking cardigans, but like, <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know. I, I don't like love the lyrics. I, I listen to it. Like I'm, I don't skip it. Um, I think it's a great song. I'll definitely listen to it, but I don't know. I just feel like she picks singles that I don't know. It probably does make more sense to this album, but maybe, I just don't like it. Like, I'm just even thinking about when she released Me with Brendan Urie. Like, I don't know. I feel like people were like, ugh.
1: Okay, so this is where I, I disagree with you, I think. Um, I do think Me, terrible first single <laughs> choice. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, there's two songs on, on Lover that could have ended up on the editing room floor and Me was one of them. Yes, do I think this is the best song she could have started with? No. Do I have any complaints with it? Also, no. I think what she does really well in this song is it is so Taylor Swift because the bridge in this song is perfect, in my opinion. That, like, the way that it builds to it and the way that she sings the bridge, the way that the background production plays crushes. Um, I was talking to my friend or our, our friend, um, Jen, the other day about it. And she was like, the way Cardigan would probably be the perfect song if she had said anything other than Cardigan. Um, I think it's the word cardigan is just uncomfortable to pronounce it's like moist Um, that's my thoughts Um, I think the reason why she chooses this one to be the first single is because Cardigan August and uh, Betty are the album's love triangle that we can get into where it's three people that are in passing phases of each other's lives either like being in a relationship um cheating on uh being the other woman so to speak and cardigan is from betty's perspective and i think you need this song first to build into the other two and we'll get into it later but my wonder is is her release plan for this album going to be cardigan august then betty
0: Like, that makes sense. I was hoping that August would be the first one. I just, it seems so fitting. Um, Or something a little bit more poppy and upbeat, because it is like end of July, Mm -hmm. like something like Invisible String. But I do get that there's this kind of trilogy with Cardigan, Betty, and August.
1: Yeah, I don't love the bridge. but I think that's my only issue really with this song Not the bridge sorry the chorus chorus. I don't know if I love like the chorus that's happening here um but I think there's some like clever Swiftian phrases where she talks about like you put me on and said I was your favorite you think she's talking about like you're putting me on like the cardigan but I think she means like you put me on as like you lied to me and said like I was your favorite that you loved me behind my back you were cheating because you couldn't deal without sex for a weekend and i think that that those types of phrases and the types of language that she uses like she says like you're leaving like a father she has some like sick burns on this one that are very taylor swift-esque lyrics that she wants you to have up front
0: yeah and i think that that's the best part about this is the sound is so different from her normal things but you still get those like quick Yeah, references or those quick like quips that you see throughout all of her work that just makes it like so good like there's those one-liners and um, like those things that just like super stand out and and like you were right you mentioned this before that tie other songs to this album and I think like at first glance people think that this is such a like divergent album compared to her past ones but there's still, like, the kind of tried and true things that, yeah, that she's had throughout her whole career.
1: So let's talk about August as, like, the follow-up, even though it's not the track directly yeah. after, like, the follow-up to this story. What, yes. Y- you seem to really like it. Yeah. So what about it is, like, speaking to you?
0: I think it just seems like – it seems like a song that you would hear on a soundtrack to, like – to all the boys I loved before, or like, <laughs> <laughs> or like, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like a classic, like young adult novel turned movie. Like that's what it feels like. And that's what I'm like looking for in any content that I consume. You
1: know what? That's actually really funny. Cause I don't, I wasn't thinking to all the boys I loved before, but I was thinking that Miley Cyrus and Liam Hensworth movie where they're like yes. on the beach for the entire summer. Yes. And, uh last song the last song because even the way the song starts out it's very airy she's and i'm not going to sing for you because nobody deserves to hear that this is not my audition for american idol or canadians got talent or whatever it is but she starts and it's very airy and like echoey and as the song like progresses the the picture unfolds to you um i really like the chorus when she the or i guess taylor swift Is like, because you were never mine. You were like August and you slipped away because August as a month is like that last month before summer. Like it goes so quick before it turns into fall.
0: And like, I don't know if this was on purpose. It is the eighth track and August is the eighth month. Yeah. I feel like it's like everything's on purpose with
1: Taylor. Well, if you look, the one is the first track and it's not written the O N E, it's written the one. One. Seven is seven, August is eight. Like, it's she thinks. just
0: perfection. <laughs> she literally thinks of everything. Like, I just, I don't get how she can, not that I don't get that she can be this clever. Obviously, she is this clever, but I just cannot believe that someone can think of all of these perfect things that, these little Easter eggs that we're looking for in all of her albums. It's
1: everywhere. And so many of her lines from this album call back to other albums, just in terms of like lyric choice. Um yeah i was surprised that i liked august as much as i did because it's produced by jack antonoff and i for me i look at jack antonoff as a producer who's like uh like you hit him once and they're done like you don't need to like keep doing the same thing and she's used jack antonoff since like she's really went full-fledged pop with 1989 and so on and i think that 1989 wins grammy of the year because it's the first time that she's working with that different sound and then i think the reason why people have like a negative view of reputation or lover is because a lot of those like pop synth that you hear even though they're wildly different it's jack antonoff based and i don't need to hear like jack antonoff <laughs> in his style like for four albums in a row um but she picks and chooses when to use him. I think she'll use him on like five songs of this album. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised I think with like almost all that used him because she used him in a way where that pop synth is like I said airy um and echoey.
0: And you're not the first person to say that of like her Jack Antonoff era has like been some people's like least favorite. Um, which is interesting to me, but yeah, like there is some like tones that just sound the same that he uses like repeatedly, but I am glad because I think in her past albums, yeah, it was like the entire thing was with him, but now she's working with, um, she was working with Aaron Dressner, who was obviously from the 1975 and just like specific I don't know, just different people. And like, I'm actually glad about that.
1: Well, the fact that she has Bon Iver on this album tells you all you need to know about like the type of vibe she was going for. And I think she was strategic in her use of like, well, I want Jack to be a part of this, but he can't, his his sound is not fit what I'm looking for here. So I like that.
0: I always think about, I can't even remember what song, but you know when it's in a previous song, she says like, you're probably listening to like, an indie record that's it's
1: much cooler than mine <laughs>
0: much cooler. this is what i honestly think of
1: like, yeah
0: this is what i think of when i think of that as like she like became that indie record that well,
1: yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people keep dubbing this like her indie record and yeah. i i guess i get it for me it's her like tour de force songwriting record she's like look like i got it and this is an album that every single time you listen to it through you like better it does not need because I think the the problem a lot of people had on their first listen through was like where is that cruel summer type song where is that blank space where is this gigantic like behemoth of a song that is going to take over my radio and destroy my life and make me hate it for the next six months like where is that song and this album doesn't give it to you but the album doesn't need it the more you listen to it because the sounds and the highs and the lows that she creates between lyrics, um, background production, and, like, song themes feels full. Like, you feel whole after after finishing it. And I think that's why you go back again and again and again.
0: It just all matches. And, like, I actually, like – this is one of the first albums I feel like I've listened to in a really long time that I listened to the entire thing in one go. And I was like, I loved that. Like, I feel like when albums are like more diverse or I don't know, like just a lot of different sounds. um, I just feel like I haven't clicked or I'm like, I don't even want that like saved on my Mm -hmm. Spotify. Like, but this one, like, i i really don't have that
1: well even the songs that i do have that like feeling with of because for me i did have to go through this a few times to get like okay this is what this song is trying to tell me like lyrically productionly productionally <laughs> i don't teach <laughs> english kids <laughs> um i keep going back to them to listen to them and see like what am i missing about it and there aren't any there aren't any skips in a sense of yeah. like I don't want to hear that or like I'm bored with that um there are songs I will go to more than I'll go to others but this yeah. is an album I will always put on the one and I will let it run straight through the track list as like a complete piece
0: whereas totally. with
1: like lover some of those back six tracks like I don't need I don't need me I don't need it's nice to have a friend I actually really I've never like heard of her um, this is no, what is it called? Uh, look, wait, no, <laughs> um, you need to calm down, but I love yes. it because it's fun and it's campy. I don't need yes. that where it's placed on the album. Um, yeah. And I think the reputation has some of those same trap songs. This one doesn't based off the build of it.
0: Do we want to touch on some of the references that are like made in the album? I think that's like some of the best parts is when you can like try to speculate what she means by that. I've, I think, like, one of the first things that I just was thinking about, and maybe this is irrelevant to you and other people, but, like, in Betty, how she names Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. and yeah, And Blake Lively. Blanked, right? Yeah, Blake Lively's kids' names, like, shook me to my core because they're such a private family. And James, the girl, or their little girl... Is on gorgeous
1: oh is that her voice yes
0: yes oh wow yes gorgeous. so she has like yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny oh my god that's so funny but yeah yeah, yeah. she um is and then inez is their second kid but they had a kid last year, I think. And yeah, people
1: think they're somewhere on the album. I read that.
0: Yes, yes. And I didn't even know
1: they had, like, other children, to be honest. Child? And I had no idea that Inez and James were their first two. I had a – this is a total side tangent, so I apologize. I had a French foreign exchange student in high school. And there was, like, no boy French foreign exchange students left. So I got, like, a girl French foreign exchange student. And her name was Inez. So when, like, I heard that lyric, I was like, oh, Inez, um, which was just like me making it about me as we should.
0: <laughs> as everybody does. I didn't think like Inez. Yeah, I didn't think of that as a French name, but the more you know.
1: <laughs> so put the star banner up.
0: The more you Yeah, know. the more you know.
1: I, I move as they, they can see us on podcast. I do that all the time.
0: <laughs> I think honestly it makes it better. A- anyways.
1: I just love Betty because the lyrics in that one call back to Cardigan where in Cardigan she's like when you're 17 or something they don't assume they assume you know nothing. Um but I knew everything. And in Betty he, the guy James is like I'm 17, I don't know, like I don't know anything. And she's like no, you assume that I was stupid and didn't know that you were sleeping around with whoever that chick was in August but I know um so I like that type of like draw callback I'm also a complete sucker for a harmonica um like any song that has a harmonica I'm like get me there I'm in
0: yeah I feel that
1: yeah and I think Betty is one of those tracks too I think there's very few radio tracks on this album I do think Betty is one that fits a radio type track
0: Yeah I completely agree with that and I think it's one that people like when I'm looking online and stuff that people are obsessed with like it's definitely one of the breakout hits.
1: What is great about that album and we're going to talk I'm going to switch this conversation over to like other tie-ins with her lyrics or other things she alludes to is so much of Taylor Swift and who she's made out to be is folklore at this point. If you look at her the entire decade from 2010 to 2020 with Taylor Swift has been identified in certain time marks with Kanye West. Like it has been like the relationship between the two of them is going to be folklore. Yeah, If you just look at both of their careers, a fan of either of their music, like it just, it happens. If you're somebody who follows keeping up with the Kardashians, like Kim gets pulled into that. Um, Other folklore with Taylor Swift is her in this relationship between Scooter Braun and that other guy's whose name I don't remember, Um, but the producers of like Big Machine Records. And that is a still continuing story that Taylor Swift is going to be on the hero or the heroic side of, just as a like beacon of light for artists. And what she does so well in this album is she tells folklore about herself, but makes it about other people. So if we look at like the last great American dynasty, she tells this entire story of um, Rebecca Harkness. I should know yes, this as a history teacher. Yeah. Um, that And at the end of the song, she talks about like how she buys her house. And she refers to herself as the maddest woman this town has ever seen. And that's like part of the running lyric that she has. And then she has literally a song called Mad Woman where she comes for Kim Kanye yes. and Scooter Braun And Scott Borschetta,
0: Borchetta, you pulled that out of nowhere, and I'm so proud of you.
1: Well, I was kind of thinking, you know, that like meat that you like carve up, that's a little bit like salami, like bruschetta. Um, so I was thinking that, and I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. Yeah, bruschetta, but I think he's like brochetta.
0: Oh my god, borchetta. Borchetta,
1: that's what it is.
0: Okay, bruschetta to me is like an Italian, like tomato.
1: Is that what it is? Situation.
0: Yeah, you're probably thinking of <laughs> some type of cured meat, but and it's probably something very similar.
1: Um, <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> anyways, A Mad Woman was in the running for my best song. It is, it is absolute perfection. And I think that people loved when she would make like. Like digs at Kim and Kanye and Scooter and all of these things. But it wasn't, again, like super applicable to people's lives. Like it was so spe- specific. But the way that she does it in Mad Woman is like anybody could sing along to that about being like gaslit and bullied mm-hmm. and like. Made to feel like you're crazy Which I guess is the definition of gaslighting. Anybody,
1: <laughs> anybody who's just been an outcast On the outside yeah. of people Looking at them like You did me wrong And I am acknowledging that And this is also the first song where she ever says the word fuck Which is like yes. great 30 year old Taylor Swift can swear now um, But it's It's so clever Lyrically The tone of the song is so fitting And she really does like Slice their heads off With like such like Flippant lyrics where she, What I love about it is that she calls back I feel like I keep saying like what I love about it What I love about it what I love about it like I'm Cupid here like Shooting arrows Um But She refers to A song from Reputation um, Like they're burning all the witches Even if you aren't one from I did something bad which is A reference to her like Scorch earthing Earthing I just have a lisp. Um, Scorch earthing Kanye West. And in this one, she comes for Kim and she says, Women love hunting witches too, doing their dirtiest work for you. Um, it's clear to me that wanting me dead has brought you two together, which can be an attack at both Kim and Kanye and like them trying to sink her career to make themselves look better or whatever. And yeah. it can be an attack at um, Bruschetta Man and Scott <laughs> whatever. Scooter. or <laughs> Scooter. Scooter. Um, and being like, you two have, like, my master's copies. And, like, you just, like, want, like, that version of Taylor Swift dead because you own me now.
0: It is so perfect. And, like, I feel like people didn't clue in that, like, Taylor gets things. Like, I feel like people, like – Didn't see that from her and she's like turned more or she's been more open about her politics like that was like very clearly one of the storylines in like the documentary that was released um, uh, earlier this year, um, which seems like a lifetime ago. But like her talking about like women tearing down other women like and it being like the patriarchy's like dirty work is like is just it's perfect. It's literally perfect. And it's something I want to sing to, which like, that's what I just like, don't get that she can fit in these like really poignant points, but it's like in a song that you want to listen to.
1: And that's what this album like is like Mad Woman is not, it's not a belter song. It's not a song that would make radio headway. It really wouldn't because the tone of it is just like dark and slow and it's her laying out this story. But lyrically, she comes at people with daggers and you as like an informed audience member now that you've listened to Ready to Be Petty, Taylor Swift, Folklore, can recognize these things in lyrics and say like, fuck.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And that's the best part. And this is like what obviously her lyrics, her music um, and everything is perfection. And that's why we love her. But the thing that she has over other pop artists is this absolute ability to craft really, like, really, really, really smart lyrics that, yeah, like, absolutely annihilate people. Like, I don't know, it's just so clever. And I think that that's something that she has over, like, the Katy Perry's and the... um, I don't know, Christina Aguilera's and, like, the other...
1: Speaking of Katy Perry, I know her yeah. and Taylor Swift had a feud that's now, like, over and done with. But t- uh, Katy Perry released today that she was delaying her the release of her album, which was supposed to be, like, within the next week for no reason in particular. But obviously it's because Taylor Swift came out and said, yeah, here's my album. Nobody's going to want to listen to your shiz. Um, so yeah. you're just going to have to wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I don't think, like, it's an underreported story on this podcast, but... Like, folklore, I fucking can't say it. (laughs) Folklore um, broke records. Like, again, like, I think the first 24 hours or something like that, it was, like, 100, no, 1.3 million records were sold or something like that, which is, like, nuts.
1: And you can't even get a hard copy for, like, another eight weeks, so it keeps it relevant for, like, months to come. Yeah. (laughs) She really is just a bitch.
0: Oh my God. I know. I know. It's, it's so good. I just can't give oh, her enough praise.
1: So just some other things that I want to touch on without, yes. I, we're going to touch on every song because that's where we're at at this point in life. Um, but the song, Illicit Affairs, I yes. think has become one that I've just like really kept going back to and listen to and listen to because I feel like the name of this album really could be Illicit Affairs. Like, if she didn't go with Folklore, like, that's the one I could see the album being named after. Because there's so much stuff that touches on, like, relationships um, that have broken off for a number of ways that weren't good. And in that song, it feels kind of like the crescendo of the love triangles, like, stories of... Like, these things are born in beautiful places, and these things are born out of just, like, single moments in time. But after it ends, you look back at that moment and just, like, break over and over and over and over and over again. Like, I just think that's such an interesting uh, point that she brings up in that song, not even directly.
0: You think that it ties in with the Betty storyline? Like, it is about, like, infidelity and... Um, talking about, like, looking at, like, someone with, like, a new woman. Um, Do you think it ties into that kind of storyline?
1: Yeah, and I, I – it definitely does, and it captures such a little flashes of, like, visuals that you can get. The, the song, I think, starts out with, like, make sure nobody sees you leave. Like, don't look, like, conspicuous in any way. Like, just act – natural essentially um there's a talk about like get your perfume or like don't wear your perfume to yeah. go hook up with this person because that smell can't linger even though you bought that perfume like for him um and something that like for the first like x amount of times that you like did it it was just like a fun and it was like a great thing it didn't mean anything but eventually it means something and it's too late to like go back because you can never have what you wanted because there was cheating going on and that person might not leave the other person they're with for like any amount of reasons but now you're connected to this person and it hurts yourself to leave and it hurts the other person involved in it um so i feel like this is like the omniscient narrator of like somebody looking over at betty james and unnamed third party
0: it captures so many details that are just kind of like everyday things but some of the lyrics are like actually soul destroying like some of these lyrics will like actually fuck you up
1: the one about like I you taught me secret language I can't speak with anybody else it's like all that stuff you learned and put into that relationship and now that doesn't mean anything because it's over and it doesn't work with somebody else like you have to learn a whole new set of norms with this new person
0: that brings me to tears just thinking about (laughs) it like honestly um is there any other pieces or any other songs that you want to highlight before we get to our superlatives
1: the last one that I want to bring up that I'm not going to touch on later is the fifth track so this that is um my tears ricochet so your thoughts i see you shaking your head (laughs) i'm
0: shaking my head because just because i was like crying to myself in like a dark room listening to this (laughs) like like, i wasn't in a dark room to like start the album but it just (laughs) kind of like it just seemed like the light faded and then i was just like by myself crying um, that's why I'm shaking my head. No other reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what Taylor Swift has done with every single one of her albums is the fifth track she's put on has been like the most like heart wrenching, like emotional, personal song. And on my first listen to through of this album, I didn't pick up on like how soul destroying <laughs> My Tears Ricochet is. Um, I didn't get it. I It was something that I was like, okay, well maybe that was just not it and it took me a few like re-listens to get to because i'm used to those like strong ballad those dear john's that all too well like that type of mood that she's going for and my tears ricochet ends up killing you because it's like she's devastated and destroyed by something but other people are destroyed by that as well And you can apply that to like a scooter and bruschetta, or you could apply that to a relationship that you're in where like somebody else just like destroys you, but they're also hurt by that. And I think the visual and the fact that she can work the word ricochet into a song, period, is dumb. Like, how do you do that? Um, But the visual of like something that hurts me and it bounces off me and it's going to hurt you and take you down too is kind of like, devastating
0: yeah like it's super super profound and I think like the thing that I just love also about Taylor's albums is because we're relatively the same age like I really feel like a lot of these albums have come at times for me that just like make sense like when she was talking about like crushing on high school boys like so was I and then you're like
1: oh Chase Edwards
0: (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was gonna crop that up but I don't think I'm going to (laughs) enjoy everybody that knew me in high school Um, (laughs) but like it was just like you know like just I don't know I just feel like this is her most adult album when i'm at my most adult in my life and it just i don't know it just feels so right that's why i feel i don't know so strongly about why that this is such a great album and why it's so profound
1: and i was talking to one of my friends recently like right after this album got dropped because (laughs) earlier this summer like we would sit on the beach and i was like playing like other like taylor swift stuff because there was like a few of us that i was i've been hanging out with this summer in my like little quarantine bubble that we're going to go to like the Loverfest concert. So Taylor Swift is just something that we could agree on to listen to. So after the album drop, she texted me and she was like, hey, did you hear that Taylor Swift released an album? And I was like, you're like four hours behind. I found out from Twitter, like hours ago, wake up earlier. And she was like, I'm gonna give it a listen. And she doesn't like Taylor Swift. She was like, I can't listen. To, I don't want to listen to any of it. Like I like any of her other stuff. She's like, I don't like Taylor Swift. Like, please don't play it around me. And she listened through, through the album and she was like, oh, like, I, like, really liked it. I think this is the first album that Taylor Swift has ever put out that I've been able to, like, relate to and get and just, like, feel, like, be open to, like, accepting because it's not polished, it's not put on. It's very authentic. Whereas, like, some of her other stuff, you're kind of like, why are you trying to fit this mold that always isn't exactly you?
0: There is a part of Taylor Swift that I feel like people just know and maybe this is why she gets flack that is just like a little bit hokey or like a little bit like too on the nose or anything like that and this is just like not the case with this album and I've heard that multiple times too of like, like my friend wasn't a Taylor Swift fan or anything like that and then they listened to this album and they like were converted and I'm happy for her. (laughs) because I just feel like like there's those types of things that I don't know we're like cheesy or I don't know what the right word is but like that I don't know there's just something about her that a lot of people didn't like relate to or like or enjoy and I just feel like that's like none of this is
1: yeah this is this is very adult It's not all that stuff that you just said. So let me just not repeat myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think it's, um, yeah, like, again, if people didn't know it was from Taylor Swift, I think, like, everyone would find, like, songs that they like in this album. So we're going to do our superlatives. I'm very excited to see. We don't know what each other's answers are. So this is going to be new. Um, because this is ready to be petty, we're gonna start with the worst song on yeah. the album because that's just the way we roll around here. So Nick, what is your worst song on the album?
1: So I have two. Yeah. Um I think the worst one for me is Epiphany. I I can't do it. I I listen to it every time. I don't skip it because there is something in that song. Like there's she's she's on it it talks like there's a whole verse that talks about covid it just feels unnatural because the first verse is like talking about war and when she's singing it's like wait am, it, am i supposed to be feeling like this is like real life events or am i supposed to be feeling like this is like a relationship that's doomed and it's just uncomfortable and it's chunky and I don't like the background production on it all. I don't like the word epiphany when she's like waiting for some epiphany. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. mess with it. It is not my jam. That said, I think it could potentially age well because that verse on COVID, if you just, re- if you were just read the lyrics, is a very strong and poignant and everybody existing today that doesn't live under a rock can understand what she's going for with that verse I think the fall down is in the song production and the way that she sings it so that is I think at present moment my least favorite song on the album I don't look forward to getting there and every time I get there I'm like okay, pay attention this time pay attention this time and then I'm like mm. and then I'm like okay let's get to the next one
0: <laughs> and yeah I I agree with that what's your um other one you said you had two
1: so I haven't, I think I'm, I'm opening myself up to this one. Um, seven, I've like tried to grasp Seven. I don't, <laughs> part of me feels like it's forced in the sense of like she wanted to be like artsy and make the seventh song on her track called Seven. Um, I think I have finally come around to understanding its lyrics a little bit better. It seems like in the song she had a friend who, who when she was younger and maybe she had like an abusive father or she didn't fit in at home it it the song itself does come off as like very lgbtq plus in the sense that there's allusions to like um hiding in a closet or you can come live like with me because your home life isn't good but i don't like the transition from the verses to the chorus where then she's like sweet tea in the summer it's a very it's very demi Lovato. like it's cool for the summer but <laughs> instead of it being like let me like whip my hair and like rock out and like scream yeah. it's very much like let me like Depressing. twirl around in my like pastry dress and be like sweet tea in the summer <laughs> so like i haven't i haven't grasped it as a whole yet
0: <laughs> yeah like it's like the lyrics you're right like leading up to the course or like like if you really think about it, cross them, my like...
1: heart won't tell no other <laughs> like and I understand we're trying to play on the fact that like you're seven years old and yeah you get to drink sugar for the first time yeah
0: and,
1: and cross my heart and tell like secrets. hope to
0: die yeah it's like that's very like school like uh, not um I don't know like a phrase you would say
1: and it's like Taylor, we want gossip. Like you're gonna tell other people we want it to go around town. But in the issue I have, and probably why it's really creative as a song, is on its surface level, it is very much like reflecting on your childhood and reflecting on like a friend that you had in the child on your childhood and blah 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 blah. But then under the surface it's like a potentially very deep dealing with these like deep rooted like issues. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work the way that I think yeah. she wanted it to work. Um, and I don't like its position between Mirrorball and August. It does not flow like sequentially for me. It doesn't fit what I need. I wish she had called it like 11 and then it could have been like the 11th track.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I agree with everything you're saying. Um, my worst song, I don't know if this is a hot take, but is Peace.
1: Oh, I knew you were going to say that, and I am ready to fight, (laughs) but I'll let you have your moment first.
0: Why? Like, I just, it's just one, like, that I feel like I want to skip.
1: So for me, that one is very, it feels very personal to her that she's singing it directly to, like, Joe, um... What is his? I almost call him Joe Anglum, and that is not his name.
0: <laughs> no, Joe Alwin. Alwin. Basically, uh, the same thing.
1: Yeah, same person. They're both like in cults or whatever. Um. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no, but uh, Joe Alwin, where she's like, "Look, everywhere I go, like shit's gonna follow me. Like it's we're never As gonna be superstar. on like solid ground." Um, and it, it feels oh, holy very. Ground personal and the way that she sings it is it goes up and down and it rises and what i also like about it is there are more daggers and stabbings at uh scott bruschetta and scooter Braun and kanye west because in the verse that she's like there's robbers to the east so she's talking about them robbing her music and yeah. there's clowns to the West. If you look at the lyric video, the official lyric video, she capitalizes the W in West, but not the E in East, which is like directly pointing to Kanye West and the West family. Um, Absolutely. Which I think is clever. And that that alone is enough to carry the day for it not to be the worst song on the album. Um, but it is another one of those songs where I had to like wrestle with what was going on here. Because lyrically, I think I enjoyed it a lot production wise it it does take you know some listening to and some like move into to like let it like sit well in your body
0: yeah, yeah i i agree with that and like i think it is very personal because it's talking about like her struggling with um like we said not being able to give like her partner peace and stuff like that um would it be and, enough if I could <laughs> never give you peace? I just, like, I don't know. I Maybe it's just because I don't relate to that. But I feel like that is, like, a common thing for people that are, like, high profile. Like, I think a lot of people will relate to this. But I don't know. I don't ever want – I guess she's, like, struggling with that she might be, like, a burden to, like, someone else. <laughs> and I just, like – never want to envision myself like that so maybe that's why i just like don't resonate with it
1: yeah i i get that i'm honestly surprised that neither of us said hoax um
0: (gasps) i was going to okay i was going to
1: i feel like a lot of people that i have you know stalked on twitter um with this song is it is almost too sad like it is like soul crushing emo and I am not at that point where that's what no. I want to finish the album on um but there is something about it that like has potential but it is soul crushing
0: totally like will i be listening to it on replay in november sure <laughs> do i want to listen to it now no no <laughs> not at
1: there, all there there is a time and a place for that song yes um,
0: and when I let you know that I'm listening to it, you can like check in and see That's how I'm doing. When
1: we'll be like, okay, where's your address? Let me like deliver you some pizza with some bruschetta. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Like it's time to like intervene. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> but in in comparison to the one where she writes the one to be the first track, and she nails it, she ends with hoax, and I'm like, I just want to crawl like into a ball and just like cry for days and just like eat cheese balls like on the floor with like a locked door like don't yeah. look at me i basically
0: um, did that like, like <laughs> replace cheese balls with like like cheesies and like <laughs> that was me um
1: you need to check on me if I'm ever eating artificial cheese like I ate like a whole box of cheese it's last weekend and I was like somebody needs to check in on me right now because this artificial cheese is like an embarrassment to like my existence on this plane
0: I love that you brought (laughs) this up and this is like a side tangent but yeah what is it about artificial cheese that just is so like depressing
1: (laughs) it's gross I when i think about it with like cheetos like i don't want that like cheese powder like that's not how cheese should work like cheese should be enjoyed it should be like an experience i should be able to make it a cracker i don't want any of that like macaroni and cheese powder that i have to like stir in and watch become like mushy i don't like it um i just artificial cheese is one of like Ugh. Ugh. like ugh. <laughs> the spray cheese that I used to like put in that like bottle that had air pressure onto my rich crackers when I was like a fourth grade thinking I was like the shit because I had like an entire bottle of cheese whiz <laughs> like who was that person
0: that's actually like so sad I've never had spray can cheese <laughs> um I feel like Americans have like weird shit with cheese that just like no one fucks in the U- in canada
1: I, why does american cheese exist i i call that american cheese is fake cheese and the other thing is like i will go get cheese at like the supermarket and i'll be in well i don't but like i live at home so like my mom will and she'll be like can i have half a pound of american white mm-hmm. and then you go to like make a freaking grilled cheese with it, and you can't peel the pieces of cheese like into these single slices. They just lump together because it's American cheese and there is no like, ugh, it's terrible. And the only thing worse than it is, oh, we're gonna go off on a tangent here. I apologize, yes. viewers. When COVID first hit, my dad was like the most embarrassing person that I know. And he, my mom would kill me for telling the story but he went and like bought fucking food for like the rest of 2020. Um, and one of the things that he bought a ton of, not toilet paper, not tissues, not germ We have like six cases of Kraft Singles cheese. Not only do we have white American We have yellow American craft singles. And every time I look at one of those floppy things in the plastic wrapping, when I go to make a grilled cheese, I immediately say, I'm just going to eat the chips instead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I hate peeling out of it. I hate when it gets warm, like on like a summer day and it's just like melted in the plastic. I hate peeling it out. I hate, I hate fake cheese. Okay.
0: Okay. That is so funny. Like, I actually, my face hurts from smiling and laughing. Okay, did you know in Canada, we don't call it American cheese?
1: What do you call it, trash?
0: No, we call it Kraft singles or processed cheese.
1: Yeah, processed cheese. It's gross. Like, mm, like I just can't fathom why... And you wonder why I think it has existed this long is because Americans have such like a high ego that anything that's called American they need to like mess with. Like there are people who um, call Moscow mules like American mules. Like, are you that bitter that like Russia has vodka? Like,
0: that's wild.
1: Or back in like the early 2000s when I was like a youngin, so I can't take like any blame for this when they tried to rebrand french fries as freedom fries. Like America is like a mess of land in many of ways, in the number one way is their like so-called creation of bringing American cheese onto like the national stage. Like we should be embarrassed. Like I don't know what president was in office when that happened. They needed to be immediately thrown out. The state of Wisconsin should have been shut down because they clearly couldn't be expected to just field this cheese. Also, fun fact, if we have any New England-based listeners, um, my Did cousin we? runs a cheese company where they sell, they sell quality cheeses, and um, I can hit you up with a link <laughs> if you what? want to get like a box of Maine cheese. It's not American what's, cheese.
0: What's the, what's the company? I like, guess. I'm interested. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, I don't think they ship to I know. Canada yet. Um, I know. Well, if you lived in like Quebec, probably, it's with the Maine Cheese Guild
0: oh my god i love that i love cheese so much when you say when you're saying that like um like it just seems like such lake food like right now you're at the lake and like thinking about making a grilled cheese with a craft single is just like the epitome of like lake and then going for chips instead like that is just Mm -hmm. lake life
1: and I always think this is such a tangent. Wow. <laughs> Poor viewers. <laughs> I always think of that scene from um She's the Man or Yeah, it's She's Man, where they're like practicing like how you like flirt with a guy and she's like <laughs> What's your favorite cheese? My favorite's gouda. And I always think of that. And I'm like, I think they chose the word Gouda because it sounds gross. But I would take gouda cheese to craft singles ten days out of ten days.
0: like a smoked Gouda rocks my world. Also, Gouda is the (laughs) the cheese is canceled for other reasons. But like, like, I do love it.
1: People people who voluntarily self-nickname themselves Gouda, red (laughs) flags, red flags, red flags, red flags.
0: (laughs) Totally, like even if you're like a Packers fan... And you're, like, wearing – like, you're, like, a cheese head or whatever. Yes, like, yes. It's just not – it's not it.
1: Okay, in the spirit of ranking Taylor Swift songs, I need you to rank your top three cheeses. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then we'll go to our best song, and then we'll wrap up. Um, my top three cheeses <laughs> are um, – this is actually so hard manchego is the first one for what sure what is
1: manchego see we it's, americans don't have that
0: yeah it's like a spanish cheese um it's it's like it has a strong flavor <laughs> like, i'm so like is it sharp? yeah i would say okay. so um and it's just really good i don't know it's really good on everything it's really good on like a piece of bread um, and with, like, cured meats and stuff like that. Um, my second is probably, like, goat cheese. I goat love goat. Goat
1: cheese is in my top three. Yeah, I love it goat cheese. It has to be.
0: Like, I will eat it any time of the day if it's, like, flavored, non-flavored, anything. My third is, like, probably brie. And I know that these are all basic bitch cheeses, <laughs> I feel like. But, like, it's brie. It That was my <laughs> gateway cheese.
1: Yeah, so goat cheese with, like, blueberries. That might be, like, a main thing because Maine grows blueberries. Minty. Um, I am a very hit miss on brie. I used to think that I loved brie when I was, like, a cheese novice. Um, and then I started tasting it, and it tasted, like, what feet smell like. And I just couldn't get behind it anymore. Um, so, like, when my family would cook it at, like, Christmas time, we'd wrap it in, like, a puff pastry. But still like the aesthetic of Brie just reminds me of feet. Um. <laughs>
0: and what's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> well, for people who like the feet, <laughs> they might like the Brie. Fair. Very
0: fair. <laughs> Very, fair. Very fair. And what's um, your last one?
1: So I'm about I'm about to pick basic um, cheese as well. I love a good Swiss cheese, so this is funny because a lot of people compare Swiss cheese to (laughs) me. I really just like self-dragged, but yeah, a a nice like Swiss cheese and like tomato and spinach grilled cheese, like that is my like prime time meal.
0: Ugh, I'm getting so hungry. Yeah, (laughs) but literally I won't turn down a cheese. Like even unless hey, it's craft single. singles. No, <laughs> I will say f- I will say for like the nostalgia factor because I haven't eaten a craft single in like years. Um, but like I used to make them with all Come white to my bread. house.
1: I-, I can give you a Hello. whole block, sixty-four slices.
0: <laughs> like okay, like we had in my family a like panini press type situation, oh. and after school every day, I swear to God, I would make a grilled cheese that was a craft single uh butter and white bread
1: <laughs> my sister didn't eat her first grilled cheese until her 15th birthday that's my like, oh. favorite fun fact of my sister
0: how it's like kid food
1: yeah i she's very particular about her food so she would eat religiously bologna american cheese and mustard on white bread like to this day she still does that um that like she went to a friend's house one day and didn't have food options and the fr- her friend's mom made her grilled cheese and she was like she came home i remember it and she was like oh my god did you guys know there was this thing called grilled cheese <laughs> and we were all like who uh, who mm, mm. yeah so
0: Okay, I. Before we move on, I just want to tell you because like this is like so alarming. But I'm in a Facebook group called Foods with threatening auras, and I feel like 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 this just basically like sums up what we've talked about around craft singles, and it's just I don't know, um the. The group description just says, you can read on, but if you're confused as to why this group is necessary, like, it just is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just basically that people will post pictures of foods with threatening auras, and there's nothing more that you really need to say about that.
1: A half-wrapped craft single threatening aura
0: yeah or like when you take it out of the package and just half of it comes out and the other half's like stuck in the cellophane part Mm.
1: yeah it's
0: disgusting
1: okay so speaking of cheesy
0: yes okay okay last thing i swear (laughs) to god on cheese and then then our best our best song but you know how i said i was listening to cheese or i was eating cheesies and like crying to my tears ricochet slash hoax etc I buy these cheesies called Barbara's, like, they're Barbara's brand or whatever. (laughs) And they're basically, like, non-GMO. So I just, and, like, you get them at, like, the organic, like, they're organic. So then I just, like, say that they're, like, fine to eat. Which, like, (laughs) they are fine to eat, obviously. But, like, I'm just, like, this isn't bad because it's not, like, bright orange, like, fluorescent orange.
1: So, That was me when I was, like, a young child and I used to drink, like, orange soda and it was a naturally flavored instead of the artificially flavored grape soda. And I just was like, it's healthy. It's natural. It's healthy. It's natural. You just think
0: you're, like, better than people?
1: Yeah. I mean, I still do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still am. But, (laughs) yeah. Okay. So, anyway, long story short, if I am on the ground eating Cheez-Its or cheese balls you need to get me help immediately yeah. um the only song on this album that could push me to that level i think is exile with bon iver
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair honestly many of these can push me to the edge but i'm a fragile person so like unstable in the best of days so um nick what is your best song i like that we're ending this on a uh, high note
1: this is so like, this is so hard because I think it changes every day. Um, I think when I look back, like at this album, I think like six months from now, when I, I'm not listening to it every day, um, which who's to say, I won't still be at that point. Um, the one that I will keep going back to will be the one I think that's the that I, I really think that ta- song is so timeless that there is never a time that I will listen to that and not feel that or empathize with that emotion.
0: Yeah, I honestly have to agree. It was the absolute perfect song. I remember reacting in our group chat, just being like, this is it. Like, this is the song. Like, it's just perfection. I love the melody. I love the lyrics. It's, it's perfect. And I find myself... Just wanting to play the album just so I can hear mm-hmm. this one song. Yeah, it's, it's so
1: good. It, and that's not to say, like, I really enjoy Exile with Bon Iver. I think that that is such a strong duet where their voices match with each other so well, and the call and response matches so well. Every time I think of duets, I think of the Elf movie with Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel singing back and forth in the bathroom like that. And the duet really hits that vibe that I need, where it's like the call and response. Um, And it's just like, you, you see both sides. It's kind of like daunting when one person is, or Bon Iver is like, you never even gave me a sign, and she's, or you never gave a warning sign, and she's like, I gave so many signs and the way she even like pronounces it is just like or sings that burris is like she's exhausted like she just like needs like this to be over and in the rear view um this is me trying has a very similar like packed punch um and i've said i've liked august i like illicit affairs i like betty but the one is the one
0: yeah, it truly is. Like, my close second would be Invisible String because... Oh, that
1: one's so cute, yeah. It's so cute. I don't cute have and in the- my life like that, though.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I just feel like it's, like, there's... I don't know. It's just poppy and fun and, um, like, I feel like it sounds like her, like, OG stuff, like, with the guitar and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I... The one beats out all of them. It'll be the one... The one that I'm playing just, like, all the time and stuff like that. Like, it just – it truly, truly is.
1: And this podcast will be the one the viewers keep coming back to listen to. If if not for our cheese conversation, the Taylor Swift conversation as well.
0: Yeah, like, I'm going to, when I'm uh, promoting this, uh, start with the cheese conversation. <laughs> and follow up with folklore. And mm-hmm. honestly, with my audience, like, if they – If there's anything similar to me, like, that's totally okay. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much, Nick, for coming on the podcast. This was a great conversation. And, yeah, you had so many great thoughts about the album. And see where Taylor takes us next.
1: And the viewers better tell Tori how much you love this one. Give her the five-star reviews so that I can keep coming back. Um, Or give her a terrible review of me so that I can come back and we can talk about my mental state.
0: Yeah or yeah like if, if if all of your hot takes don't land with the the listeners you you'll come back to defend yourself or we can start like a cancel Nick party or something.
1: Yes, as long <laughs> as I get to show up to it. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, thanks for coming on. I super appreciate
1: it. Thank you. <laughs> and there
0: you have it, our deep dive into folklore. If you enjoyed Nick, you can follow along on Instagram at drinky11. I'll make sure to tag him in my posts. And if you're not following the podcast, follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. And you can join our listener Facebook group, Ready to be Petty Podcast group. We're doing some fun stuff over there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are safe and well. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.